0: The Unbillable Hour Community Table, where real lawyers from all around the country with real issues they are dealing with right now meet together virtually to present their questions to Christopher T. Anderson, lawyer and law firm management consultant. New questions every episode and none of it scripted. The real conversations happen here. For our first question, a lawyer wants guidance about how to structure a bonus plan for the client intake specialist.
1: Chris, I have two part questions and um, it's about the client relations specialist. So the phone rings and somebody answers the phone if it's not answering service. First part, would it be, so I hear a lot of things. It's very dangerous to have one of each. What if your person quits and then who's going to be handling the job? So my first question, how to handle that? Let's say a person is not quitting, but uh, maybe it's time to get another one. How would you split the bonus? Because right now we have, she has a base salary hourly. And then in addition to that, she has a bonus on a successfully onboarded number of clients beyond, you know, the first step, five clients a month. And second part question is I I'm starting getting this feeling that she might not be hundred percent happy, so maybe that's another reason to potentially maybe get another person. Not that I would absolutely want to get rid of my existing person, but just kind of just in case sort of thing.
2: Okay, let's let's try to tackle that.
1: At this point, my firm will absolutely break if I don't have an adequate person handle handling the phone as the phone calls coming in.
2: Right, so I want to be clear though that what we're talking about here is a reception level, not a not a non attorney salesperson, right? No,
1: not yeah, reception. Okay,
2: what is your bonus now? So, like you said, how do I bonus them? Just tell me how you're bonusing this role right now.
1: So, any clients that in excess of the first five clients of the month, it's hundred dollars for each successful onboarded person.
2: Okay, so. Now I have to go back to the first question. So this is a, not the salesperson, this is just an intake person right. or the, the first phone call person, but you're bonusing them on clients who sign up at the end of the day. Yep. Okay. Stop that. Don't bonus them on that. They can't control that to, to some extent. And, and, and so is that your goal? What's your goal for number of new clients per month right now?
1: Yeah. It used to be roughly 14 clients a month. And then she came to me and she said, last two months, we had 23 each month. I think we need to up our goal. So I don't know. All right. So why
2: would you bonus them on five?
1: Oh, uh, no. First five is included as part of the base salary. I get it. So it's anything in excess of that.
2: Yeah. So what's happened here is your bonus structure is completely departed from your goals. They don't have anything to do with each other anymore. and you've, you've, you've made the mistake and this is for really for everybody of, of incentivizing behavior that they can't control. And so it's, you have to have faith in your own systems and your own firm. And so that you have faith enough to give people incentives for behaviors they can control. For instance, this one, what's your conversion rate of the people that they, that this person books a sales call, I take it right. They're booking, they're booking uh, an NCS call. I mean, a NASP call or a sales call of some sort. That's mm-hmm. their job. Yeah. What's your conversion rate of booked calls to clients?
1: Okay. It's it's pretty high. I don't have the perfect statistic right now, but it's probably about 80%. Okay. Some months, it's almost 100% even.
2: Okay. Well, that's pretty amazing. As long as
1: they show up. Yeah.
2: Yeah. If they, well, but that's not, see, but what's your show up rate?
1: Well, many people reschedule late. Well, some people reschedule, but they, eventually they do come.
2: Okay. Let's say your show up rate is 90%. So, Lena, it's a whole nother conversation that we need to have about if you're, if you think your conversion rate is truly 80%, then you're misunderstanding where the sale is taking place. And we need to get a clearer understanding of that. That's yeah, like saying the second person at Wendy's has a 97% conversion rate. Well, it's cause the sale's not taking place at the second window at Wendy's, right? It's taking place somewhere else. And we need to understand that in your business, because again, we need to incentivize the right behaviors. Now, if these are all referrals, then that number makes no. sense. Okay, not no, 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 no,
1: no, no. right. referrals. Can so I ask a question because I'm really, really, really confused? Because I use this position used to be strictly hourly, and I'm not always there, and nor do I want to make sure that they do the job properly. People don't are not motivated. They they could easily skip the call and let it go to the answering service. Right. I didn't say
2: don't bonus way. it. I said you're bonusing the wrong thing. Oh. So. Here's what I'm thinking. If your goal is to have, let's say, 24 new clients per month,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: and you truly, truly think, I'm going to use 75% is your conversion rate. Mm -hmm. Because you you don't know your show up rate. There's some gushiness here. Then what we know from that is that if we need 24 new clients and 75% conversion, we need to set 32 sales calls. Okay, 24 divided by 0.75 is 32. That's how many sales calls need to be set,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they need to be sales. They need to be qualified sales calls. But the thirty-two sales calls need to be set. So what you want to incentivize is that behavior. And so let me throw out a different idea for you. Don't okay. include any free. None are included in their in their pay, because bonusing people, like you said, they, well, you want them to be motivated. You want them to be paid for every sales call. But the first twenty. How much? What do you think their total monthly bonus should be to make them happy?
1: Well, currently, it kind of comes out
2: to $1,000. $1,000 a month. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we want to get to that number at the number we want, which is 32. So I would say for the first 20, they get... I'm going to try to see if this comes out right. So the first 20, they get $20 per sales call that's booked. So when they hit 20, they're at $400.
1: Are as those as the people who show up?
2: Yes, people who show up. Okay. Then for the next, everyone over the first 20, they get $50. Mm-hmm. That's one model. So the first 20 are $20 each. And then everyone over 20 is $50 each for show ups. So I'm going to give you two options. And you okay. tell me which one you like better. Both of and This is for everybody. Both of these work. I've used both. The first one is the one I've given you. The first 20 or 20 bucks, everyone after 20 is 50 bucks. Plain and simple. Okay.
1: 30 scheduled consultation who showed up. Yeah. Not somebody who hired us.
2: Right. Showed up. That's what they're, that's what they control. They can't control the consult. So don't screw them over for someone doing bad consults. Okay. Pay them for show-ups.
1: Can I ask one more question? So yeah. sometimes people show up, but they, they, it's not a right type of consultation.
2: That so if, it's that's end. a non-qualified call and that gets X'd out okay. and they get dinged for that.
1: Okay.
2: You, it gets zeroed out or, you know, you can even punish, but right now zeros is usually a good enough punishment. Mm-hmm. All right. Option two is even more fun. They get $15 for the first 20, not $20, $15 for the first 20. But when they hit 21, it goes to $35 for all of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it goes retroactive. All the ones they did that they were going to get paid $15 for, they're all 35 Oh, I love doing that because it really get, it gets people to push. Mm-hmm. So those are two options. That's how I would bonus those folks. I would stop bonusing them on new clients. First of all, this gets you out of... Any potential problems because you're just booking now. You're now you're paying people for sales calls. Nothing, no prohibitions against paying people for setting up sales calls. Um, maybe you know, maybe some gray area when we're paying people for new clients um, that are not lawyers. So I think you you know that that makes it a little bit cleaner, and this incentivizes the more for the behavior you want, which is setting up qualified calls. Mm-hmm.
0: Does
2: that help?
1: Yeah, yeah. So should I get a second?
2: Sure. absolutely well so the, here's here's the question so and if you do have two what i do with that is i do it as a team because what your goal is 30 right so i do the same exact structure i just talked to you about and when the team hits 21 they get bonus as a team their, their bonuses go up doesn't matter if this person set up 16 of them and this person set up 5 of them doesn't matter as soon as the team hits 21 they pop to the next level all the way back to the beginning because okay, all so you each, care about is results.
1: So each person get twenty or thirty five or 20, no, 20, no, 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 no.
2: They okay. they only get paid for the ones they did.
1: Oh, okay. So we, they would have to keep track. So basically, all of a sudden, they get in half of what they used to. Well, current. Person. If you
2: have two people, yeah, you don't. Unless you feel like paying double, that then yeah, you're gonna have to find other things for them to do here's what I recommend you do if you don't have the volume if, if 20 if setting up 30 sales calls only keeps one person busy you only need one person in this role your backup needs you need to have someone who can fill in when the person is sick takes vacation and that backup person can be someone else on your team or it could be someone external that you've trained for this so you could you could back it up I've got folks that are using you know somebody like Smith to, as a backup smith.ai or or Lex uh, lex reception as a backup, or, you know, you just, you can have an offshore person as a backup when your person's busy, when they're on vacation, when they're um, sick, that you've got a trained backup that you can pay, that you can scale up and down, right? They're they're just,
1: they use like reception, but they only can do so much.
2: Well, either use them or, you know, use a virtual receptionist for for this purpose or virtual assistant, sorry, for this purpose that you can scale up and down.
1: Okay. So would you recommend getting second person, well, current person can handle it just fine. Then I
2: wouldn't hire I wouldn't hire a second person. I'd either have a backup in-house or a okay. backup off out of house or okay. remote backup.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Then yeah. when your volume comes up and this person's about 75% full,
1: mm-hmm.
2: then hire another person.
1: Okay, 75% full. Yeah. Okay, thank you.
2: Delegate out those tasks that take up your time. Staffy can help you with your legal, administrative, marketing, and even client-facing workload. Hiring Staffy's top-notch bilingual virtual staff means Staffy does the recruiting, hiring, and training for you. Then, if you need a change, Staffy handles it. You get to concentrate on your strategic work. Schedule a free consultation at Staffy.cc. That's S-T-A-F-I.cc, and get five hundred dollars off with code HAPPY24. Nearly 80% of people search for lawyers online. They visit websites and check reviews. If your site doesn't appear in the top search results or it presents poorly, you risk losing clients. That's why you must know how your firm stacks up on Google against the competition. See how your reviews impact clients' decisions and how you can get better results from your site. Get an unbiased marketing performance report in under a minute right now at Grow Law Firm, and that's slash unbillable. Once again, slash unbillable.
0: The following question is from a lawyer who needs to create a pro hoc vice agreement with a firm outside her state.
3: So I have a Florida counsel who wants to come into New Jersey as pro hoc vice. I just want to make sure that I'm going to, my plan is to have two separate agreements. One agreement is our pro-Hoc-Vice agreement between business to business, between me and the Florida firm. And then the second one is my kind of standard retainer between my law firm and the actual client.
2: Does so that
3: makes sense?
2: No, it doesn't. I'm going to presume that the lawyer has a contract, uh, a fee agreement with the client already, correct? Yes. Yeah. And you are serving as a role as a sub, if you will, in that contractual relationship with the client. Right. So they need to, you need to review that agreement to make sure that the client has been sufficiently apprised of your role. Who's paying you?
3: So my understanding is that the client, through his power of attorney, is going to be paying me. I don't believe the attorney is paying me.
2: In that case, you, then I take everything back that I said. <laughs> Usually, in this arrangement, the, tur- the 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 fees flow through the law firm, the 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 primary law firm to you, and so you have an agreement with the primary law firm. You refer, you review their fee agreement to make sure that you're satisfied that the client's sufficiently apprised of your involvement in the case and you do not have a straight contractual relationship with the client. All of what I'm saying, you should touch base with your professional liability carrier to make sure they're okay with this. But my understanding is that this is a model that will work. If, however, you are being paid directly, and I don't care if it's through a power of attorney, through an agent or something, but not through the law firm that, that is primary, if you're being paid directly from the client, then you do want to have a small agreement with the client that references their primary agreement and and your terms of payment and uh, and their obligation to pay you and that's more to protect you to get paid in this situation because um, you need somebody's ass in the ringer if you will.
3: Yeah, because I then I I think it's getting complicated because the pro hoc attorney was going to submit his time to me to issue the invoice. I, I it's yeah something's not clear to me
2: so that then sounds like your primary which now is starting to sound weird yeah why don't i i know you can't go i don't want you to go into specifics but so this is a family law case representing the 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 pro hack vice has a client in new jersey that they can't direct represent directly because they're not a member of the jersey bar
3: yeah the client is not in new jersey but the case is going going to be in new
2: Jersey. jersey I'm starting to sound, starting to sound like this person is also like really actually going to be relying on you substantively for New Jersey law and taking care of substantial portions of the case.
3: He says he says not because of the kind of case this is and who he is, but I know better that the answer to that is going to be yes.
2: Okay. Well, let me let me cut to the chase. If if you're going to be keep, if he's going to be passing his time on to you and you're going to be billing the client for it, then the fee agreements between you and the client
3: that's why i was thinking like that
2: yeah no that, that that changes everything so really you're the primary he's a an associated firm your agreement with the client has to establish the relate that that he's going to be taking part in the case and your financial arrangement with his firm and he doesn't need a direct agreement with the client. If he has one, that's fine. But you now, yeah, you need a full on fee agreement. Why am I giving you legal advice? This is not, I am not giving you legal advice. I know I'm you're not, not
3: giving me legal advice.
2: <laughs> okay, good. As long as we're not. I know clear you're not. That.
3: You never give me legal advice. You just keep telling me to let things go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, I just, so we're clear on this recorded call, I am not a member of the New Jersey bar and I am not qualified to give you any legal advice in this situation. But that's what I would do. I do encourage you to clear this with your um, malpractice carrier. And I'll tell you that this sounds weird. If someone is asking, I I do this kind of work all the time. And if someone's asking me to be local counsel in a case, I don't expect that I'm billing the client directly.
3: Yeah. And so because I'm local counsel, he's lead counsel.
2: Yeah.
3: I'm just here to supervise and put my two cents in now. For this particular case, I intentionally want to insert ourselves. So the way it was presented to me is lead, ca- he, this other attorney would be lead counsel, and I'm just here to sign off on right. shit. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't realize yet that that's not going to, it's not going to fall out that way mm-hmm. because of the way New Jersey operates and because he's going to have to know some nuances, right? I don't feel comfortable just signing off on. So I want to be on every court appearance. It's my name on the line at this point. So- and you are at
2: best co-counsel and it, it's sounding a lot more like your lead counsel. Based on what you've now described, if I were in your situation, I'd feel more comfortable with the direct um, relationship with the client. And both agreements need to spell out for the client and for the lawyers who's responsible for what. Because, and you like, basically presume, even after all that, that you're responsible for 100% of what happens in this case.
3: True. And I'm going to get clarity, because again, the attorney who wants to come in is not, he's a, 5 not that this means anything, but he's a five-year attorney. And I think he thinks he knows more than he might actually think he does. He, He actually does. And just because he's done this a couple of times in other locations, other jurisdictions, doesn't mean they were doing it correctly.
2: Yeah. I mean it's sounding more and more like a hotshot lawyer who's, who's figured out how to get good clients
3: mm-hmm. that
2: he doesn't have the expertise to serve. And he's looking to, you know, to have you be the talent, which is fine. Listen, you know, that's a great relationship. You got someone who could bring in great clients and who you're going to then have a direct relationship with fine, but then, yeah, then have your approved standard fee agreement, with the client spelling out clearly what the other lawyer's role is going to be, what the billing arrangement is going to be, what the fee sharing is going to be between you. It's just I would think that he should do the same. Okay. And you should review his.
3: Review his agreement with the client.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. So almost mirror.
2: Yeah, I don't care if it's mirrored. I just want you to be comfortable that the client is well-advised and not misinformed because any misinformation of the client is gonna come back and bite you.
3: Yeah. But clearly, clearly defined roles. Yeah.
2: Okay. Find out how TimeSolve fits your firm. With six different ways to track time, surely one will fit, even on the go. Or quickly estimate flat fee projects. Batch payments for hundreds of invoices at once with TimeSolve Pay. Getting paid quickly is a great fit. And TimeSolve fits with the other tools you use, QuickBooks, LawPay, NetDocuments, LawRuler, Microsoft, all just plug in. Try TimeSolve free. Get a $100 Amazon gift card when you sign up. TimeSolve.com. LawClerk's nationwide network of talented freelance lawyers is trusted by thousands of law firms. Solo attorneys and firms can get help with project-based work and also ongoing work via a subscription. Sign up is free and there are no monthly fees. You only pay when you delegate work. Plus, Law Clerk has a new app for your mobile device to help you manage the work you've delegated while you're on the go. Be sure to use referral code UNBILLABLE when you sign up at lawclerk.legal.
0: Our last question today comes from a lawyer who is uncertain how to market her newly created educational course to her potential clients.
4: So I am doing a side project that will, I think will really help my firm. So if you recall, my niche is helping special needs families. We create trusts, you know, and do what we can to help them. One of the most popular issues we get is once we create these trusts, the trustees like, what do I do? How do I do this? So we created a book. Nobody reads it. So we're inundated with questions, questions, questions. Everybody's just like, can I do this? Can I do that? All these, you know, what are the rules? So I decided to create a trustee school. So I'm putting it together. It's this labor of love. It's taking me a year, but I, I, it's not coming together. So I have two ideas of how I'm going to provide this. My initial thought was putting it out on the market, you know, and, and advertise for it, sell it for like 1,500 bucks. And just make this a reoccurring thing. People want it, download it, you know, and every now and then I'll put in updates. Or someone had mentioned this and I thought, oh, I like this idea. Client hires me. I use it as part of the reason why they should hire me to build their trust because I'm going to give you this trustee school for free. And then maybe I use this trustee school, license it to other attorneys so they can use it in their practice to entice other people to hire them. So attorneys hire me. I don't know.
2: I just want to be clear. The student in the trustee school is the is all, is the same person as your client.
4: Not necessarily, right? Who so else would be a
2: student? Ignoring a the fact that you're gonna sell this to other their, attorneys.
4: Yeah, it could be a person who needs to know how to be a trustee, right? So trustees mm-hmm. are could be the creator or could be the alternate. I okay. probably wouldn't, yeah, so it could be the person's other child, other relative, or it's like ah.
2: Got it. it. Be, but but it would be I'm someone to... related to and rec... it would still be a vehicle yeah. through the client.
4: Yeah. Yeah. I get that.
2: Yeah. yeah. What I'm trying to envision is this is also is this a would people who are trustees out there want this course and then become your client because you've used it to position yourself as an expert.
4: Okay. Yeah. No. So that's my third option. Okay.
2: Yeah. But and with anything like this, you should choose one to start with. And you know, if we'd been talking a year ago. I would have said you should market it a year ago so you right. can find out who your avatar <laughs> is
4: yeah, true. Um, because that's you don't, you don't need
2: the product to look, make that learning. Um, that's uh-huh. my lean startup uh, okay. talking, but you're here now. So we still don't know which market is going to be the market for you. Mm-hmm. So my answer to you is let's go find out. Okay. Let's run limited marketing to all three segments. One people who are already your clients, two, other lawyers to see if they want to buy this to put into their clients, and three, the marketplace to see if there are people who are already serving as trustees who would want to buy it. And it's obviously a longer conversation to say how to to market all three, but I'm talking about 30 days worth of, I throw 500 bucks at each to see where the traction is, and then that's your first one.
4: Okay,
2: and then we refine, and we can retest to the other markets once you've got that first one rolling. But if you try to do all three at once, yeah, I know you're going to get confused. The market's going to get confused, and you might sell a bunch of these. But you're you're going to get spread, yes. And your mark, get- and you're you're not going to be able to deliver the way that you want to deliver. When you find out which one's your channel, you run with that for okay. six months to a year. Okay. And that it's, you get that really solid and then your next launch is going to be much, much easier.
4: Yeah. I mean, I've gently suggested it to clients when we're, you know, doing our sessions and I'll say, so listen, this is what we're happy to do for you. We'll do blah, blah, blah. And because you, you know, would like to be a client of ours, we are also going to provide you the trustee school, which is still in the making. And every every time I've said that, like, yes.
2: Yeah. Remember lean startup that yes means nothing.
4: Mm. Okay. We
2: have to, t- the, we have to figure out what our leap of faith presumption or assumption is. And yes, is never the leap of faith assumption. The leap of faith assumption has to be the target parting with something of value. Okay. Could be money, could be information, could be something else, but they have to part with something of value that they wouldn't otherwise part with, because that's the only way you validate your model. People will say yes to anything until you ask them to write a check. Well, um,
4: they do hire me. know what i mean yeah
2: but they didn't hire you to do they didn't buy this so yeah your clients yeah they trust you but you know when when it comes to writing a check that's mm, and you know what i would have said a year ago is i want a deposit yeah but now you can either take a deposit or take a check you know whatever you want to sell have you figured out a price point
4: no and i don't i don't even know how i would do that i mean i I can only tell you
2: is is it all online learning or like how's It's learning- all
4: online you know it's uh, on the kanjabi uh, platform it's about three hours so the whole thing is how to be a rock Throw star me out.
2: tell me your market. price point so the first one that comes to your mind what do you think
4: 1500
2: that's exactly where i was 14.99 mm-hmm.
4: yeah yeah
2: yep that's it the offered at that point price to each of the three markets and you could offer the attorneys the only difference is you could offer us a license um, where they can sell it for 19.99, or actually, they can sell it for 14.99 too, and they get 500 of that.
0: Thank you for listening. This has been the Unbillable Hour Community Table on the Legal Talk Network.
2: Launch now at pli.edu/interactive or download PLI's
4: mobile app.